Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast once again. This is episode number 145 entitled, Should We Use Templates More? It was published on Thursday, the 12th of September, 2019. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England. And today I will be joined by David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com because you may or may not have noticed that we alternate. Usually we do an interview one week with somebody uh, in the WordPress space, perhaps a plugin developer or somebody who has something interesting to say about WordPress. And then the following week we do a discussion with David and I, and it's one of those weeks today. So we'll, we'll catch up with him later. But before we begin that, just a few things to say. If you wouldn't mind following onto some links, what I'm trying to do is trying to get you involved in the WP Builds community. If you're a WordPresser, we've got a whole heap of stuff going on. So head over to the WPBuilds.com website, WPBuilds.com forward slash subscribe. You can find the link in the top menu. And over there, you're going to find a whole bunch of ways for keeping in touch. For example, there's two newsletters to sign up to. There is ways that you can connect with us on your podcast player of choice. There's our Facebook group of 2,200 WordPressers giving some helpful tips and advice. There's Twitter, YouTube, and so on and so forth. So go check that out. The other one that I'd like to mention is WPBuilds.com forward slash deals. It's a bit like Black. Friday, but every day of the week we have an increasingly growing selection of coupon codes for WordPress products. We've added a few recently, so go and check that out if you're in the market for something WordPressy. You never know, you might be able to get yourself some, some cash off. And also wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise. If you are a product owner or you have a service which would benefit by being put in front of our audience, then please do go to that page and get in touch, a bit like these guys did. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by Cloudways. This episode is sponsored by Cloudways, which is a managed cloud-based hosting platform for WordPress. Unlike others, they let you choose the server from top cloud providers like Google Cloud, Amazon, and DigitalOcean. And there are no restrictions on the number of websites per server. Try Cloudways using the promo code WPBuilds and get $20 free hosting credit. And WP Feedback. Are client communications eating up all of your time? If so, check out WP Feedback. It's a visual feedback tool for WordPress that is specifically designed to get you and your clients on the same page. Check out wpfeedback.co. And the Page Builder Framework. Do you use a page builder to create your websites? The Page Builder Framework is a mobile, responsive, and lightning fast WordPress theme that works with Beaver Builder, Elementor, Breezy, and other page builders. With its endless customization options in the WordPress customizer, it's the perfect fit for you or your agency. Go to wp-pagebuilderframework.com today. And we thank all of our lovely sponsors for keeping the WP Builds podcast going. I really do appreciate it very much indeed. Okay, what are we talking about today? Well, David Wormsley and I today are talking about templates. 
wind the clock back a long time and websites were really difficult to work with you know before css you had to do everything in tables then css came along and it was a little bit easier and then you got cms's like wordpress and you had themes and it made it a little bit more easy but still you would have to develop the theme and that was quite hard and then what about the themes that you bought because sometimes they beguilingly sold you lots of options and only upon purchasing them and downloading them and using them did you realize that oh this is going to be more work than I thought getting it to do what I needed and then page builders came along and we had rows and modules and ways to save the rows that we created and so the question is now should we be using these facilities should we be using downloadable templates that fit in with page builders should we be using services like dear designer and things like that or should we be building up our own unique bespoke completely personalized set of templates that we use and it's an interesting discussion as always david and i sort of flit around the subject and i hope that you enjoy this week's podcast today we're asking ourselves should we be using templates more so i wanted to talk to nathan about this because just recently i started making my own template library and uh, this is after years of really believing that we should build sites from the ground up based on clients aims so in some ways i'm kind of just checking that I'm going the right way. Nathan, what do you think? Is making templates a good idea? I think it's totally fine, especially in the way that you're doing it. You know, the idea that you're you're creating your own templates. I think that's really admirable. We'll get on to the whole um, purchasing of templates and all of that later, but I, I can't see why not. And it, and it from, from all the discussions that we've had over the years, it doesn't sound to me like you're going to be getting a template, throwing that in front of a client and saying, it's finished. You know, my, I've done your website. It took me all of eight seconds because I clicked a couple of buttons and it was done. Um, no, I think it's fine. And honestly, I think this is way this is the way that the industry's going. So, yeah, yeah, it does seem to be that. Do you know what? It's such good fun though making these templates, especially when you're just kind of borrowing other people's ideas and just, just you know, best best fun you can have, I think, with your clothes on. And, yeah. and to be honest, I don't, you know, tend to have my clothes on. <laughs> So it's a double bonus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a, this is going to be a fruity episode, I can see. <laughs> so where did all this begin? How did, we, how did we get to the point where templates were even a thing? Yeah, well, yeah, I, I think it's really interesting because we're in the, the WordPress space. And um, I, I'm kind of looking back over the history a bit because, you know, when it started, uh, it was just a blogging platform, bloggers pretty much need the same kind of thing. So they could just start blogging and get somebody else's design. It seemed to make a lot of sense. And I'm sure WordPress is as popular as it is today because, you know, you could have a beautiful looking site very easily that you could use. And I think it's only when we get later down the line where it becomes more of a content management system and professionals are on board that in the same space as WordPress, you get this division, don't you, between those people who... Um, uh, off-the-shelf designs and those people like us are making a profession out of building sites for people and we want to use WordPress as a tool to do that. Yeah. And yeah, so, you know, I think when that comes in, I think we've we've got that division between the likes of um, uh, monster templates and theme forest and then we've got the difference between them and say something like the the frameworks that we used to have Genesis, which I used and there's woo themes, his own canvas, which has gone now. And there was headway, which has also gone. 
So what did what happened with you, Nathan? Where did you start? Well, the it was an in, it, it's interesting because I was just thinking about that conversation because obviously if you go back a number of years, I wasn't using WordPress at all. Yeah. And um, but I was still I had an eye on places like Envato because design wasn't and still isn't my area of strength and so the the idea of going and looking at other people's designs and sort of thinking oh that 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 setup works really well in that environment for that purpose and so on so I'd find myself on theme forest a lot and and I think we all did it was a bit of an old adage wasn't it that you would buy hundreds of these things and you know most of them would sit gathering dust but at that point I was using Drupal and Drupal it's fair to say you know if you if you are into the templating system of Drupal, it could produce an equally beautiful theme. But the, I think the difference, what drew me to WordPress in the end was was the groundswell of support for WordPress, the fact that so many people were using it. And primarily, I think that's because the UI of the admin area was so much more easy to use and so much more well thought right. out and, and beautifully created. So WordPress's um, capability to make things easy on the back end led yeah. to a resurgence, well, not a resurgence, you know, a, an upswell of people creating themes through it. And then it was a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, it got more popular and more popular. And then when I yeah. came to WordPress and I finally made the decision, it felt to me as if we were already right right in the middle of a tipping point because I know that there were, um, you know, there's a history of WordPress, especially when it began. You know, it was it was difficult, like all CMSs, many, many, many years ago to to create these templates. You had to have an understanding of using an IDE and you had to understand PHP mm. and possibly a bit of JavaScript and certainly CSS. And you had to be able to wrangle those template files and put everything in the right place and plan it all very carefully. Yeah. And it would take hours and hours and hours to get very little back. Um, and then, as you described, things like Genesis came along and made that whole process somewhat easier, although still probably out of the realm of non-technical users. You know, the, the, the 80% of WordPress users who are just logging in each day and creating content. Um, so I, I skirted around with, in fact, I bought um, the full Genesis license. I can't remember what it was, but it was fairly costly. You know, it was four or $500 or something and started playing with that. And it was during my, during my time playing with Genesis that I came across page builders because they were just starting to, to make, you know, some, some inroads into the, the whole difficulty of creating pages. But at that point they were, they were already good enough that I could see the benefit of doing it. You were kind of limited into, into rows typically you know you have a row of content and so on but but again that fitted the that fitted the template model very well as well because you could you could obviously create a template of rows so that's my journey with it so in in terms of wordpress um Mm. i've not had i don't really have the heritage but i can i can give you many 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 horror stories of trying to template in drupal and um and i don't know if i don't know to this day if drupal has a an equivalent of you know beaver builder or elementor i expect they do but um, yeah. I don't suppose it's developed quite as quite as much because of the fact that there's a smaller user base. Yes, yes, there is that, and it attracts different people. I mean, mm. I remember Drupal was too much for me. I, I considered I didn't have the developer chops to manage something like that, and and stuck with uh, uh, WordPress. But at the time, you know, Drupal really was the one to go for if you were serious about it. Yeah, and and I think to some extent it still has that feel about it you know it can do terribly complicated things but wordpress caught up it in terms of its cs cms excuse me capabilities to the point mm. where it was 
kind of indistinguishable really um, and I would say that that's probably the case now you know what you could do in WordPress you can do in Drupal and vice versa but the uh-huh. the the ecosystem that's grown up around WordPress is is far how to describe it it's bigger let's say that it's certainly a lot bigger so there's a lot more choice so did you did you play a lot with things like Genesis and Headway and you know WooThemes Canvas and things like that yeah well Genesis was when I kind of got more professional that was my tool for five years and and that was it you know i mean i i started doing the theme forest thing trying to you know select these fabulous looking themes that appeared to do everything i wanted and you know millions of options i didn't realize it at the time but quickly did that most of them were very bloated because of all those options that they had and you know it was always the same it couldn't actually get them to do the one thing i wanted so it it Mm. was you know, more painful. So I thought, well, there's no getting around this. If I'm going to do this seriously and and, and build these kind of, it, I think I was moved by the argument where you really should design this around uh, clients' aims. So you should build from the ground upwards. And I thought, well, then I need a proper tool mm. and because I'm not a developer. Obviously, in WordPress, we've got people who can just build their own themes for their clients, or maybe use something like underscores but i wasn't that person so i had to have genesis and that was it and it's really only page builders have changed everything because i think there was a division you either a genesis person and you were going to do it seriously and put some effort into it and you could design what you liked you could also cheat with some child themes but you know by the by and then you had those people who would buy ready-made themes to go we were probably the majority don't you think of people in the wordpress space yeah, but, you mean in terms of the ones that bought Genesis or the ones that bought pre-made themes that it pretended to do everything? I think well, I think the numbers for something like you know the, the well the combined numbers of, of a place like um, Theme Forest compared to the combined numbers of those um, frameworks we had the Woo One and the Genesis and Headways. I think you know without a doubt the numbers would be so much higher, wouldn't they, for yeah. Theme Forest? Um, so the minority of professionals, I guess, would be, you know, or semi pros who would be using that stuff. But I think what's interesting with page builders now is that why I've switched and why I've also moved to templating is that unlike before, you know, you'd really pick your theme depending on your needs as a DIYer or a pro or semi pro. Now you can use the same page builder, can't you? With, you know. Both yeah, can. I remember the frustration because I did buy some WordPress themes um, from Envato, you know, Theme Forest, and I did the same for Drupal actually, with the with the misguided understanding that what I was seeing on the page would would make my life easier. You know, oh look, that's great! They've <laughs> yeah. got this fabulous portfolio. I could repurpose that portfolio into um, I don't know real estate or something like that. And then the as you described, you know, the one thing that you needed it to do that was a constant frustration. You would try these things and then have very little understanding of how to alter what needed to be altered. Um, to make it do what you wanted to do. And so there was a moment in time, and I'm sure that a lot of us can identify with this because I do remember people talking about just constantly clicking refresh in Theme Forest, just going and buying another theme because it now seemed to do what you needed actually. Oh, I've learned that that theme didn't work in the way I wanted. Okay, this one yeah. over here looks looks good. And I'm sure that Invato probably made quite a lot of money from people simply buying things on the hope that it would work. But it was always a yeah. kind of lack of documentation, really. Never, never 
came with the necessary documentation to explain what it is that I needed to do, primarily because it meant that you had to go back and do the theme again. And of course, if you're starting, if you're starting to fiddle with the theme, really at that point, like you decided, you needed to invest time in learning how themes worked and not assuming that you could buy the solution. And then the page builders came along and I felt that that was a, a real sea change because suddenly for the first time I could, I could really achieve what I wanted to do in a very, very short space of time. Um, and then with the advent of, you know, the, the ability to alter headers and footers and so on and really take over the entire website with a page builder, that that moment changed everything for me. And I thought, well, this is this is how I'm going to do it going forward until something significantly better comes along, which it hasn't yet. Yeah, exactly. And I think you've you've touched on the thing that really tipped it for me. And that is well, it was for us um, Beaver Builder introducing Beaver Thema, which allowed you to take you know to actually style with the page builder or the dynamic areas because i think i was still a little bit anti-template um up until that came out mm. because there was always still the same issue that everybody had you couldn't get your header to do what you wanted it to do that used to waste so much time you know a client would want something slightly different in the header and you would still need to do that with your theme and it would still be quite problematic i, I still now, have to deal with a lot of the fallout of that on a kind of more or less weekly basis where somebody will want to <laughs> change something not necessarily a menu item but i don't know i'll have inserted a telephone number or something next to the yes. menu and trying to you know the client well i can't how on earth do I do that? Well, you can't. I'll do it. It's just you know because it's, it's just not not sensible. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. But with a page builder, okay. Well, you just click on the phone number and retype it. Now you're done. Okay, good. Yeah. And anyway, I think that's just the switch for me. I mean, I think there's still an argument out there. There's always going to be those clients who are just going to need you to build their solution from the ground up, they're really going to need to go through a proper design process where we start with the aims and everything gets wireframed and that we have mood boards for the sort of look and the branding and all that kind of stuff. But I, I just think my market is increasingly dominated by the, all of the kind of big players out there, Wix, you know, Weebly, Squarespace, and then those people providing the service uh, like yell.com or Hibu. And if I don't move into that area and have my own templates, I think, you know, I'm not going to be able to offer some quick solutions for people that they're already, I believe, expecting to see. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, the, the advertising spend of these companies, particularly Wix yeah. um, and Squarespace, have kind of, I think, changed the agenda for the for clients because they now have the impression that, well, let's go back five years. I need a website. I have absolutely no idea what to do. Would have been typical of most people um, because nobody yeah. was advertising how to, you know, certainly not visually in video form, how to throw a website together. And now, you know, television adverts, um, internet adverts on mm -hmm. YouTube where a lot of people consume their content. So they see a lot of these adverts. You see a Wix you know, chaps sitting at a desk and um, clicks a button yeah, and oh, yeah. taps away for a few seconds. And look, oh, great. Look, there's my image. Fabulous. And I'll just change the title and I'll drag this thing here. And look, now my title's much bigger. That's fabulous. And so the expectation from clients is that now um, yeah. this is how you build websites. Look, you, you, you just log in and use your mouse a bit and click save a few times and it's done. Whereas... Five years ago, there was there was no way in, and now there's a significant way in. So I think page builders 
for WordPress at least, they represent um, they represent a kind of bridge between what they expect, the clients expect, yeah. and what and what you know what we can deliver. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be it's going to be a stretch now for those who do build from the ground up? So, I mean, what I'm intended to do, I should explain this really, is that that there's a sort of separate package, I guess, for um, the lower budget clients where I'm going to just show them some ready-made templates that they can kind of select and we'll, you know, the promise is that it'll look different for their branding and that, you know, we'll be able to move around. But there's a basic idea to get you started, which is exactly the opposite to what I would have done previously. So I'm, I'm effectively giving them the design ahead of time. Yeah. Do you think, go on. No, I was just going to say, do you think that's going to be an expectation of clients or do you think they'll still come with a, a blank slate and they'll just trust you on your portfolio f- of other work that you've done? Yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure, but my let, let's put it this way. Every client that I've done a website for for the last, oh, I don't know, let's say it's four years or something, has been given a page builder as part of that mm-hmm. process. And mm-hmm. and I I cannot see those people now going back to a, a developer and saying I would like you to build me a site and I I don't want to have any input into the way it works I would like you to build it in in isolation and present me with paper copies or PDF files or whatever so that I can see what it's going to look like I think all of those people are going to have yeah. the expectation that no 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 I, I want to be able to change that myself because that's that's what I did on my last one goodness me i mean that's just what we've got and i would imagine that the younger generation who've been you know um, taught in schools modern it practices and so on they're going to have that expectation they're using online services for just about everything music consumption creating documentation you know google docs and so on and the expectation i think for them so yeah going forwards click point drag save is going to be going to be the way to do it and i think that your processes have changed because the tools have two words allowed and forced they've done both things you know the 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 page builder era has allowed you to to make this stuff available to clients and then as soon as it was available to clients it's going to force all of them because you know i mean people talk don't they they'll be in a in a cafe saying i need a new website to their best mate and they're oh oh yeah yeah this is um my website's really easy to do Mm. you know i just click and change the text and click say what really I have to keep phoning my developer to do anything. Oh no, no, no! It's moved on since yeah. then, and I think that expectation will be will be how it is going forwards. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just the the idea of whether you you know actually put templates before clients or not, or whether that's you know a, a good thing or not. Because of you know you've raised the point we talked about this before the the fact that it's, it'll be really difficult for us to sell the skills that we bring mm. to the job if we already present them with something that already looks great because it looks like well you don't have to do anything then yeah that that is a good point i mean the other thing to say is i suppose that depending on the client's budget or the size of the company or however you want to frame it that there'll be a different expectation you know if if you're investing a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars in a website yeah you're going to have you're going to expect everything to be done for you bespoke you know maybe you've even got a team to input content so it won't matter quite as much um but for the the cheaper end of things, especially people who want to be involved in the creation of their own website, I think maybe that's different. Uh, that wasn't really answering your question, I know, but um, there you go. 
No, well, you just set me off with a thought, actually. I was just thinking about the, I mean, you know, we've not done those kind of jobs, so maybe somebody who's listening might be able to set us right on there. But I think, you know, often when it comes to the bigger agency jobs, where they'll expect it to be built from the ground up, maybe not so much that they need to build them from the aims, but they just actually need the whole organization to be brought into a system that will mean that they will agree on what's going to actually be built Mm. you know so the process is perhaps more important than the design being linked to their aims i think i think the other thing to bear in mind with all of this is that just because something is easy for us to do because we're familiar with it and we've done it a hundred times before it doesn't mean that the client will will make the connection oh this is easy for you therefore it's easy therefore it should be cheap i'm not sure there's there's exactly a scale between those things because again if you put a user in front of beaver builder like or yeah. elements or whatever you say right great off, off you go build your website i've supplied you with everything you need you've got a wordpress installed you've got a page builder um i've installed a few extra modules for you so you can you know style your contact forms and so on off you go absolute radio <laughs> silence they're not going to be able to manage it so I don't. I don't necessarily think the industry is dead from that point of view. Certainly, it's yeah. easier for us to do. But then again, if you were if you were a client, let's say that try to imagine the situation where you are um, you're going to a web developer and you've never built a website before at all, and you go to two different web developers, one who sits you down and explains that the process is you know. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do it all in isolation. We'll give you all these wireframes. We'll send you a couple of designs and so on. And uh, and that's how it's going to work, which is the way that I would have done it 10 years ago, say. Uh, Or you go in and sit with somebody, have a Skype call or whatever, and they show you, well, we could have a header that looks like this. Um, Here's like four or five to choose from. And we could, you know, here's a couple of things that we could put at the top of the website. Um, What about this one? Or no, look, we could change the font a little bit. I think think there's some power in that and maybe some competitive advantage if you are using a page builder because, you know, who doesn't like choice? Who doesn't like to see things being built in real time? I, I do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is where I'm going with a a bit of an experiment, really. I'm putting together these templates and I'm going to go for one sort of particular niche at the moment to see what happens with showing them some, you know, beautiful designs, ones that I've largely pinched and copied from other people. (laughs) And uh, and then the idea is that we'll be selling them because I've realized for myself that's actually a, a design skill in being able to manipulate these templates to the client's needs. And that's takes probably almost as much time as it yeah. does yeah. building it from the ground up. But the advantage is, is that I, I always feel that the, the client's trying to cut to the chase till they have the design before they will engage in it mm. in the process. And then you, you then you end up using up all your time getting to that point. And then at the very end, they want to do lots and lots of revisions. And that's really at the point when you've come to the end of it. So I just think, well, reverse that yeah. <laughs> and say, here's your design and let's revise this into the aims that you want. I think um, it's, yeah, it's really interesting. You know, it's a bit of a sea change, isn't it? Like you say, the design needs to be signed off before we start building the site, as opposed to here's a bunch of, here's, well, let, let's say you've got three designs that you give to the client. These are like the finished designs. And, and once once you've picked, as opposed to iterated upon them, um, then we'll just throw your content into that exact design. Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting way around doing it. 
Well, it's, it's, remember, I mean, I think the early debates on web design, you know, which led to no speculative design because there was an expectation for the client in order to pick you to build their site that it would see what you would build for them. Mm. So people were sending in, you know, a homepage design for them. So this is what we will do for you. And they were selecting people on this. And, and I think the whole industry said, you know, we're all just working for nothing here <laughs> if we do this. Mm. But in, a, in effect, I guess what I'm attempted to do is bring in this back in through the back door, really. It's interesting. I think on some level, we because we understand the tools and we realize that because we've played with them, it's easy. We have this kind of imposter syndrome or um, reverse snobbery in a way where we think, oh, goodness, it, it, I, I can do this stuff so much more easily than I used to be able to. Therefore, how can I possibly justify the, the cost of what I'm putting out? And you're right. You know, that's not that's not how we should be thinking. So as an example, if you were a, an 18 year old web de- web designer, you're not going to be burdened with any of those thoughts because you, you'll have been born into the industry with people already using these tools. You won't be thinking too much about the traditional way of doing it and whether whether you know you, you ought to do it one way as opposed yeah. to another way. You'll just go, well, this is the way to do it. These are the tools that we use. That's what yeah. my boss told me to do. Okay, yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's... It's really fascinating. I just think, you know, it, it changes the approach, though, doesn't it? I mean, effectively, I'm flipping it upside down on what I've always, you know, used to do. But I have learned. I mean, one thing I've really learned, just even though it's a new thing, building my own template library, is that you learn so much about the skills that you have. And you also learn so much by looking at other people's work and replicating certain elements of it. Mm. You know, because you... You go down your own path when you're used to your page builder and designing something and you know you might take inspiration from various places but actually building out somebody else's design and then changing it from there you, you realize there are a lot of skills in it that oh you can goodness sell. yeah the amount of times that i mean i'm sure you can echo this that you've seen a, a template that you think is perfect and then you you sort of start to play with it. So in our case, we're using Beaver Builder. We drag a page design in or something like that. And then you you realize really quickly that amending the pre-built design is way more time-consuming than just looking at it and yeah. trying to mirror some of the, the key points on that page, you know, some of the key ideas like, okay, that's a nice font. That goes well on the left as opposed to the right. And I like the fact that bit is um, made to be dark and so on and so forth. I mean, you, you, we all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, you just get cues from the design. Whereas if you install a template, you're then kind of stuck on picking all the things yeah. that you don't like. And you have to go and find, where's that? where is that um, thing being created? Um, yeah. where is the oh that's an image oh I thought that was <laughs> I didn't realize that was an image that I thought that was some text oh okay right fine <laughs> um, and it's probably better to just take cues T- to the point where we were just talking before this started in many ways I think the, the best solution that I found is to I've got two screens is mm. to have the 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 template if you like or the layout that I that I like that I've seen on one screen um, almost as if it's uh, like a, a page, you know, like on a piece of paper. There it is. I'm not interacting mm. with it. It's just there for me to look at. And then on the, the other screen, I actually build something that I think um, mimics it to some extent. So it's just like yeah. flicking through a magazine, really. 
Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what? Another thing that's prompted me to kind of go down this path is just other comments I, I've heard myself and heard other people talk about in various groups. Things like when they've had clients who said, well, uh, I could go to Wix or something when they're getting a quote and, you know, they can see their beautiful sites there. And I, I think the general response for most people is, yeah, OK, you go and do that. And when you've got a problem, I'll see you later. Mm. But, you know, if you've got a templates there, you could say, well, OK, your budget's tight and you want to do it there we can start from our template library rather than go to wix mm. and, and rather than have to wait for them to come back at some point in the future you know you provide the solution there i mean it's not going to be suitable for everybody's business but it's just a possibility to incorporate you know yeah yeah the I, um the, the 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 way that i always try to combat that and obviously i'm successful sometimes and unsuccessful other times is to is to talk about the the adaptability of WordPress going forwards, you yeah. know, the fact that the you know if you run into a problem, there's a there is a chance we can just ad- amend something to make it um, make it work for you. Whereas with a platform like Wix, to to greater or lesser extent, what you see is what you get. You'll just have to cope with the functionality that's built in and the way that that functionality works. And it might work for you, but I, we can change it if it if it's not working out for you. Whereas if you go with a, a SaaS platform, that might be difficult. Yeah, it's exactly the same as, you know, how I try and present it for anyone who's got the choice. But, you know, interestingly, but one of the jobs that I have got started off on Squarespace. Now, I've done work for these people before, so they wanted it to come to me and go onto WordPress because there are other sites on WordPress. But this section of their company uh, had already started the work with somebody else. But in some ways, I'm, I'm, I'm able to steal it now because they realize that, they're going to have to do a lot of work to do the things that they want to do around an existing template they've got where templates we have, we can pretty much add what we like to with Mm. WordPress where you can't quite with Squarespace in their situation, you have to work. They have got an API, but it's, it's only a JavaScript one and you just can't add in, you know, kind of third party add-ons, which they would kind of need. So the the functionality is much more limited because it's, it's only what they've got available. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so we got those two benefits. I just think it's one of, you know, it's one of our weaknesses of I I felt of my business, particularly for the kind of client that I'm going for, which is kind of anyone um, that I don't have something like this. And it's just really turned me into the idea that perhaps I should just be offering this to many of the clients I've built from the beginning, because really, they just wanted to see the stuff. They wanted some design options, you know. Yeah. Um, so when we talk about this, are we talking about templates being page layouts or, or are we talking about templates being layouts for rows? Yeah, well, I was thinking about more the whole design page, you know, a, hmm. largely a home page is about enough for somebody to get an idea of yeah. kind of. Well, I, I guess as a way of um, sorting out what the client's taste might be as a starting point, mm. and then at least when they're picking those, you could at least have a conversation about, well, does that actually match your brand and your visitors' expectations? But yeah. still, it's an easier conversation. Yeah. So when you're creating your new um, templates, you're creating whole pages and saving those somewhere, um, as opposed yeah. to creating, let's say. Um, 10 variations for a, a home page header, let's say, or a home page <laughs> yeah, yeah. hero image 
location or something like that. So it's you'll create one consistent page and say, okay, that's that's one option for home pages, and, and, I, and I'll yeah. now go and do a different one. Okay, that's interesting because um, I think there's like a bit of a move going on there as well. We've got all these layout template packs that are coming. You know, that all yeah. the, all the companies seem to be investing some money. Uh, to some extent or other and a lot of those are row based you know the idea is that you just find a row which suits your current purpose so so th- there is a bit of a bit of a dichotomy there obviously you know with rows you can create pages and and save those away but rows seem to be the way that i'm seeing the market developing as opposed to pages yeah i think you're right but i've hit a kind of problem with those um you know, I've tried to use rows and I was trying to sort of build them together, but you have to kind of almost make them wireframe like mm. to to make them work because you, you're going to have to style almost every element on those rows. Mm. So, again, it doesn't cut out that that main problem that they, you know, the usual, I'll, I'll know what I like when I see it. And and I'm just thinking, well, templates, there's a whole bunch of that you have already that you know how they're put together allows you to say, well, okay, pick from these. And at least when you load that one in, you know exactly how it works and how you can manipulate it. Mm, mm. So speaking of like creating these layouts, rows, pages, whatever it might be, how are you actually achieving that? Because in, you know, again, wind the clock back 10 years or something, you'd be using a software package to create these. You'd be maybe even hiring a third party or giving you, giving the person in your company, the designer in your company, the job of making this and they would give you a PDF or something or a, sorry, um, what is it? A PSD, yeah. sorry, back. Yeah. Whereas yeah. now it feels like, certainly from my perspective, because this is, fairly straightforward to do a lot of this i'm doing in the browser in the in the page builder itself as opposed to in a piece of software designed for creating images or graphics yeah exactly exactly that when both of us are moving aren't we to the browser it's just something that we just you know hardly ever do i need to open up a graphics program maybe you know if you want to just test some things out you'll move backwards and forwards but everything's going on in the browser image manipulation as you do i know mm. yeah and, and the there's, whole a, lot. there's a couple of things that i mean my first point of call is i i really do want everything to be in the browser i, I mean that in terms of looking forwards I, I want it to be that the browser is the way of doing everything and if you're a photoshop user I want Photoshop to be available in the browser. That's what I mean yeah. by that. I'm not saying that, you know, we should settle yeah. for what we've got. I would just like the browser to be the tool for everything because I, I just think that would be fabulous. Um, but there's very, very little that I do that doesn't doesn't use the browser these days. You know, I'm using WordPress to to create the websites. I'm using, um, I'm using online software to create the images. And obviously, if you're a designer, you'll probably gasp, but, but I'm, I don't have a... You know, if anything is going to be difficult, I don't do it myself. I give it to some trusted uh, graphic designers who I know who can do that kind of stuff. But the limitations mm. over the years for the browser being capable to do images are going away. But there's still a significant uh, hill to to get over. You know, the the browser image manipulation is very very basic compared to what's mm. possible with Photoshop or its equivalents. But for my use cases, I can mostly get away with what I need with online tools. And so, yeah, the browser is everything to me. So very, very rarely do I talk about wireframes. I was looking at a 
proposal the other day that I sent out many years ago and I was looking at all the steps that I went through. So there was, I would create like a, a, a wireframe. Um, mm. But before that, I would create, I've forgotten the word for it. What is the word for when you show what the page structure will be like? A sitemap. I would create, oh, yes. Yeah, I would create a sitemap so that we would see the hierarchy of all the pages. And when that was all signed off, I'd then move on to a wireframe and kind of wireframe a typical selection of pages and so on. I've really stopped doing that now and kind of go straight in on, okay, we're happy that there's going to be these pages, kind of a bit anecdotally. Um, okay, let's just crack on and make, make a homepage design and see what we like. Yeah, yeah. And you kind of had to do anyway, didn't you? If you were going to build a site for people, you had to... Uh, if there's a group of people, you had to keep them away from the aesthetics, which everybody has an opinion on and talks about. And you needed to build up from the beginning. Let's get the structure. Let's get our aims. What content's going in around those logics? And almost, you know, you, you get your mood boards. You get the agreed sense of the sort of style, and then you would move into the design itself, the aesthetic design of it. Yes. Just to keep people off the wrong, you know, the wrong conversations. And you almost had to do that because of the cost of building and laying out individual pages in code each time. Page builders have killed that, haven't they? Well, kind of overnight. yeah, it just feels to me like the the things that I used to use graphic designers for, I can I can largely achieve myself. So the idea of having to wait mm. on a graphic designer and doing two iterations and it was utterly mm. uninteractive. It's been a long time since I've built anything like that for clients. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I just I think really we're, we're really sold on the idea of doing everything in the browser. Yeah, but, absolutely, um, 100%. I, I, that's where I'm going and I can't see that changing anytime soon. No, and I'm, you know, I'm going to the other side of trying to get clients involved in some part of their design process that they want, and that's kind of stretched out. I mean, recently there was Get Stencil, which we both use. They they introduced, and I'm sure there'll be more of this, a plugin to link their services with WordPress, which allows now because it works with the page builders. You know, a client can easily go in and select from the millions of you know free images out there to use some sort of stock imagery in their sites mm. if they want yeah and i just that's a yeah. lovely little plugin i must admit i haven't installed it inside of wordpress but i've used the get stencil sas app it's quite nice yeah. i i use a different one i use one called pixteller which has layers um yeah. in more in a sort of photoshop type where you can actually see the layers and you can drag the layers up and down and uh, whereas stencils a bit more, you have to sort of click up, click up, and and then eventually you'll figure out where it goes by the way it looks. Um, but it's it's not perfect, but it it's okay for now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We haven't talked about the um, and there's you know there's new services. There's more kind of cloud templates appearing now. Obviously, some of the page builders have got those built in. So we've got Breezy has a cloud. I think Elementor has a, a its own set of. Uh, templates which are available aren't they on the cloud yeah and this is to um, me this is a litmus test of where the industry is going because obviously you know companies like breezy elementor and um andrew palmer's page builder cloud they're not yes. gonna they're not going to be doing this stuff unless they perceive that there's a market for it so it feels to me that saving stuff off looking at people's templates buying other people's templates uh, saving your own somewhere so it's reusable in the same page builder or in the page builder clouds case you know you can you can go to whatever page builder and store any kind of layout in there for yourself 
um, mm. that those businesses are growing up because that's obviously where the market's going. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, particularly if you're going to take advantage, I guess, of the larger market, the one that theme forests, you know, could claim because they had so many designs, you definitely want to go that way. For me, I still think why I'm building them myself so I understand them is so I avoid the problems that I had when I tried to use multiple themes. I'd have to keep relearning each time. Yeah. And, and I, want a, I want a system where it's pretty much it's I know as soon as I go into a client site after a number of years what is likely to be there do you know with the so there's this sort of proliferation of template packs should we call it you know the, the one that springs into my mind are things like um, Katka for Elementor by Barna yes. Boxbaum but also you know a lot of the the themes themselves so Astra has got its Astro mm. sites and Generate Press has got Generate Press sites and so on and so forth. And I'm, I'm sure there's an abundance of this stuff. Um, yeah. Then do, do we know what the what the guidelines are in terms of what you can get away with? So as an example, <laughs> with Astra, you can the way that they've got it set up is, is if you're a Astra theme user, you can click a button if mm. you've got their, I can't remember what it's called, Pro Sites or something. Mm. Um, you can click a button and, basically import a, a whole site from templates and it'll do all the pages in one click are you is that allowed you know are you allowed to do that i mean I know that would be incredibly lazy and ridiculous but are you allowed to would you be allowed to do that yeah i think so well i've set these and the other thing that goes with the astra sites is they've in their same package it sounds like a plug for them but they've got a, a wp portfolio i think as well which yeah. actually means that you can show all of their sites which are unbranded so if you wanted to start up in web design tomorrow you you can just import <laughs> this portfolio with their templates set up your page and i'm using this you know on some kind of hidden pages on my site as a, and really you've got all of this big portfolio overnight and if you wanted you could click and um, have them all imported but i think there's a downside to it all it's it sounds wonderful and it works but Again, you know, you didn't set them up. So to a certain degree, it's a little bit like the same as setting up a theme, isn't it? It's going to be very quick. Yes. You, it's, well, it's, it's going not... to be click to, quick to import it. It's going to be click to import it. Uh, <laughs> yes. <ka-ching. laughs> um, but also you'll then be spending ages unpicking all the things that are not quite to your liking. You know, because one of the things that I noticed about those kind of things when I when I first started playing with them, the you know, let's say for example, the theme is all in orange, and yeah. you, you, your client's got blue as their main color. You a lot of the stuff is is based upon images. It's not done on CSS selectors, so you'll suddenly discover that that yeah. that that person. Um, is is really wearing an orange hat in the image, and it is the exact orange of the branding that they've got. And that that um, I don't know that bar that you can see halfway down the page is is orange, but that's a, that's also an image. So you're gonna have to swap all these things out and create the images. So again, it comes back to the whole thing: use it as a point of inspiration, not as a not as a quick way to get a site up in four seconds. Yeah, and there's one other thing that I've noticed as well. Of course, all the page builders are developing it over time. So there are different ways to achieve certain effects which are going to change over time as well. So when you're looking at some of these older templates, they're not going to be up to, you know, the way that you might want to do that now. Mm. So 
I, you know, it's it's more the reason why I think, yeah, building my own template library seems the way forward for me. I could completely change my mind on this. I've changed my mind a few times. But uh, but scary, I think, that um, really somebody in a couple of days can just set up a new web design business mm. using these kind of tools. Yeah, interesting. Libraries. You know, very, very easy to do, but not necessarily the... Um the, the best way of doing it, like I just said, I think the best way is to use these templates as an inspirational springboard and then teach yourself how to do the the the, the more difficult work of replicating it and modifying it and applying applying fonts and getting the padding right and the margins right and selecting your own images which work uh, in the in the space that's provided and so on so yeah what are your um what are your sort of reasons? Are, are there any other kind of things that you think you, you will benefit from by ha- forcing yourself to create your own library? Yeah, it's, I'm learning from doing it. Um, that's that's largely it. I, I just think I will reuse a lot of this stuff for any project. But um, I think over time you're going to build up uh, you know, a good series of designs to show off to people because mm. I must admit, you know, this is – one of the difficulties with what I do, if if you allow clients to change the sites, then you really don't have a portfolio. So, you know, having your own set of kind of uh, designs that you've got ready designs. In fact, I've stopped calling them. I, I went over a landing page, which I made, <laughs> which I referred to things as uh, templates. And I realized I'm just going to refer to them as starter designs that's a good idea yeah that is good yeah just designs in general not even starter just designs yeah exactly so i'm going from this angle so i just think it's really handy and i think it probably is easier to consume than say some live sites that we've actually done you know because then they're not that they were compromised where these designs are not I do think I do think the teaching point is good. You know, even if let's say that you were starting out in web design, you'd never done this before, and you selected a tool, let's say Breezy Element or Beaver Build or whatever, and you decide, okay, I've spent some money on that. I'm now going to learn how to use it. Just just spending a few days trying to copy some of yeah. the templates that you've come across. Okay, right. I'm going to start with blank. I'm going to try and make that exact page. And quite a few people have done that with page builders just to demonstrate what the page builders are capable of you know they've gone to a a, a whiz bang website on the internet and they've said to themselves okay i'm going to do a youtube video explaining how mm-hmm. to do x site with mm-hmm. elementor and they've pulled it off and you know you look at the two results at the end there's the original there's the one in the page builder okay they look very similar job done but also they've they've learned a ton in the process they've learned how to use their tool of choice where all the menu options are and as a as a result they've you know become quicker at doing it than they were before yeah well my wife's got the job now of trying to do exactly what i'm doing trying to recreate and i think it's going to be a really useful learning tool for her and i guess you could do that as well you know if you employ people or you've got you know uh, staff of your own in your agency and you've got a bit of downtime what what better way to be building up your own kind of library is this and- so that you can just put your feet up yeah, that's the idea. <laughs> so that you can just t- say to your wife, please, would you do this? Because now you have the skills and I fancy going out onto the balcony and having a gin and tonic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I just, all I want to do is to just you know, move one arm with my whip every so often. Oh, so dear me. Oh, dear me. I think we should end it there, to be honest, David. That sounds I, like I that. do. 
She's back in the place. room. Yes, <laughs> time time to move on and pretend that we were talking about something entirely different. So the answer to the question, should we use templates more? I think my answer is not a one word. It's going to be use them as an inspiration, but then do it yourself. What about you? Yeah, I think that sums it up. And I think, you know, just I think it's a good idea to build up some kind of library, particularly if you've got some downtime, even if it's just for the practice. So, yes, I'm a big fan of it, obviously, because I'm doing it. Great. That's the perfect, perfect way to end it. Right. We'll uh, we'll knock it on the head right there. Right, that's it. Thank you so much for listening to another WP Builds podcast. We will, of course, be back next week having another podcast episode, probably an interview because we like to rotate them, discussion with David and then interview the following week. We'll also be back on Monday, twice in fact, because very early in the morning I will be releasing the WordPress Weekly News, which is an audio podcast, but you can access the show notes as well if you want to see what the news items being discussed are. But also at 2pm UK time in the WP Builds Facebook group and various other places, you'll be able to see the, the live news where I'm joined by a selection of WordPressers and we discuss the news and it's quite good fun. You can access that actually, the probably the best URL is go to wpbuilds.com forward slash live. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by WP and Up. One in four of us will be directly affected by mental health related illness. WP and Up supports and promotes positive mental health within the WordPress community. This is achieved through mentorship, events, training and counselling. Please help enable WP and Up by visiting wpnop.org forward slash give. Okay, that really is all that I've got for you this week. I hope that you enjoyed it. Please, as always, leave some comments somewhere, anywhere, somewhere, and we'll see you soon. I'm going to fade in some terribly cheesy music and say bye-bye for now. (laughs) 